0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake Virginia. For more information visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org If you'll turn with me in First Corinthians chapter 2 that's what we'll be for the next few moments tonight First Corinthians chapter 2 I just want to say thank you again I know Pastor Asher is down. In, in haiti now i had a chance to meet him when i was in downingtown he was in westchester i was working at the church in downingtown and he hosted uh pastor's conference or pastor's fellowships I had a chance to get to know him while he was there And just thankful for his opportunity for Pastor John and Pastor Nathaniel and the others that have made us feel so welcome here tonight and for you all in opening uh, the the doors for us to come and be with you all. And good to see familiar faces and people I haven't seen in a long time And, and just it's exciting to be here with you all. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter two. We'll read the first five verses, 1 Corinthians chapter two, and we'll read one through five. It says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Was Paul's mission a religion? No. Was Paul's mission tradition? No. He said, I chose. Uh, I, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. And in much trembling, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer for a blessing, this, uh, the reading of his word and the preaching of it. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that that it's not... A relation, our religion that we preach, it's not tradition, it's not what we have to do to earn. It's preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be here. We pray for those that are listening that we would not just hear God's word, but that we would apply it to our lives, that we would be do it, that we would be faithful in doing it and continue therein, Father. May we not just hear it, but may we see, may we allow your Holy Spirit to convict our hearts. Show us what we need to change. Show us what we need to do. And may you receive the honor and the glory for everything that's said and done tonight. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. So we know, many of you are familiar with the book of 1 Corinthians. It's a very large epistle. Did the church have a number of problems that Paul needed to deal with? And, and I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I learned that from Buddy Venable. I don't know if you know Buddy Venable. He was my pastor in our ascending church. And we we're in Pennsylvania, and there, uh, where we were at in Pennsylvania, there was not a lot of amens. And so we ask questions. If I ask questions, you can respond. I will not take past, uh, Pastor John's binder and throw it at you or anything. If I ask questions, feel free to respond. Did the church at Corinth have a lot of issues? Yes. We read of. Some terrible things. 1 Corinthians 5, this man that was immoral. We read of their problems with the sign gifts. We read of their, the situation of, of, the, of the sections in the church that, no, I was saved by Paul. I'm with Apollos. I'm with this person. And that church divided. But as God called us to be one in Jesus Christ, he said one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And they were, they were split. And Satan knows that, doesn't he? If he can divide us as a church, we're not going to be effective And it is effective as the Lord desires for us to be. And so he's writing to them. He's trying to correct sin in the church, carnality in the church. You know, uh, um, you don't hear, uh, there's not a lot of good things that he talked about, Corinth. Uh, And you know, oftentimes we're hard on them, but I I would hate to see a letter from the Lord to our churches today, wouldn't you? I know it would probably be uh, some things that we'd have to say. um, As Pastor Gray, growing up, he'd say, woe is me. And, and ask for forgiveness there's a lot of things that Paul had to set straight and here in first Corinthians chapter 2 he's addressing how he came what his message was and so for the next few moments tonight we're going to look at save Jesus Christ and him crucified so his method Paul's method look in verse 1 it says and I brethren he talks about how he did not come he said and I brethren when I came not uh, I came to you came not with what excellency of speech or of what wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of god so he said when i came to you i wasn't i wasn't coming as this grand orator as this wise philosopher now in that in that greek society in that roman society did they place an emphasis on wisdom and philosophy yes and so paul it's interesting he was up in in, in that area in acts chapter 16 got kicked out Waited in Acts chapter 17 for uh, things to settle down. And he was in Athens. You heard of Athens before? What is Athens known for? Philosophy, the philosophers, the wisdom. Remember, he preached that sermon to the unknown God. And, and he preached that. Then he leaves there in Acts 17 and comes to Corinth in Acts chapter 18. And this was his message. It wasn't with excellency of wisdom, or speech. It wasn't with uh, man's wisdom But he was preaching the testimony of God. He was preaching Jesus Christ. And so Paul's message, he didn't minister with excellency of speech. That means superior speech. He didn't minister in man's wisdom. That's what the Greeks craved. He just talked about that, and we'll see in a moment in 1 Corinthians 1. The Jews look for the sign. The Greeks look for wisdom. But Paul, he didn't come trying to wow them with his abilities. And could Paul have done that? Absolutely, he was trained under the best of the best. He was trained at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. But he knew that his method was not based upon who he was. He had a great pedigree, didn't he? Uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, of Pharisees of the Pharisee, blameless. But he didn't come in saying, look at me, I'm Paul. I've got something that you need to hear. He said, I didn't preach anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He is our message. And he said, I'm not putting it in excellent speech and in wisdom i'm just preaching the testimony of god i'm preaching jesus christ and so it was in it was going against the the traveling uh uh, orators the traveling philosophers the sophists of the day they would come in and they'd use fancy rhetoric they'd use logic they'd use wisdom and yet paul said no i didn't come that way to you could paul have done that absolutely but did his message need any embellishing no Does Jesus Christ need anything? No. They came trying to to build a following, to gain financial support, to gain these things with their skills. And Paul said, no, I didn't come that way. I didn't come in excellency of speech or in wisdom. I just came to preach to you Jesus Christ. And so look back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we see how he came. 1 Corinthians 1, 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of what? Preaching to save them that believe. Is that saying us preachers are fools? No. The world's wisdom cannot understand that God would leave the throne of heaven, that God would take a debt that he did not have, and pay a debt that he did not have, and and, and forgive us just by placing faith and trust in him. That goes contrary to the religion of this world and worldly wisdom. Why? What does the world teach? You've got to earn your way to salvation. You've got to be a good person. You've got to follow uh, the five pillars of Islam. You've got to do these, these tenets of Hinduism. You've got to be baptized as a baby. You've got to give so much money. That's what the world teaches. It's, it's completely backwards to what Christ teaches. It's all about what I can do, what I can do, what I can do. But what, it's not about that. It's about what Jesus has already done. Paul wasn't trying to embellish the message. He said, I'm just here preaching Jesus Christ. He said, I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. So what about us? When we share the gospel, are you called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yes. If you're a Christian, it is your job. If I'm a Christian, it's my job, not just because I'm a missionary. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever God has placed me. And I have to think, am I relying on my ability or God's power in sharing the gospel? Because it's not about us in the message. It's not about us as the missionary. It's not about us as the, as the one that proclaims the gospel. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's not excellency of, of knowledge or, or of words or of wisdom. It's just preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. So Paul's method, he was preaching Jesus Christ, and we ought to come about it the same way. I can't add anything to the beauty of Jesus Christ. I just must preach his death, burial, resurrection, what God has given us in his word. That's sufficient because God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That was Paul's method in preaching Jesus Christ. What was his message? We've already alluded to it, verse two. For I determined not to know anything among you, save who again jesus christ In him how crucified he said i wasn't coming with philosophy with religion with tradition i'm here with jesus christ does that mean paul didn't teach anything else no we have first corinthians we have second corinthians but he said the core of my message revolved around who jesus christ the core of the message of good news baptist church must revolve around who jesus christ of iglesia bautista dios con nosotros in barona around who jesus christ no matter where we are he is our message it's not a religion it's a relationship with jesus christ he said i didn't, i wasn't worried about these other things i wanted to preach to you jesus christ and him crucified he focused on christ not himself now what was paul's profession before he became began following jesus Christ? what was he we've alluded to it he was what he was a pharisee he was a persecutor he was well trained right and the pharisees when they would teach they would teach on the authority of their teaching or other pharisees they would say well pharisee so-and-so says this or pharisee so-and-so says that or our tradition says that paul could have done that as a pharisee but he knew that he had a new master he wasn't serving himself he wasn't lifting himself up as the other pharisees he was lifting up Jesus Christ, the one who he persecuted, whom Jesus said, why do per—why persecutest thou me? And he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He served the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's who he was lifting up. Jesus Christ was Paul's message, and Jesus Christ ought to be our message. Wherever God has called us, he is our message. And how did he preach Jesus Christ? Preached Jesus Christ and him what? Crucified. And you know, that's, that's the most humiliating part of Jesus' earthly ministry, isn't it? Where he was hung bearing our sins on the cross. And yet isn't it amazing that God chose something like that to offer salvation to us? He could have done it a number of ways, couldn't he? But he chose to send his only begotten son to, die, to bear not his sins. The Bible said he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He said, I'm gonna take my son who did nothing wrong, He's going to die a sacrificial death, a vicarious death for for all mankind. And he's not dying for his sins. He's dying for everybody else's. And that was Paul's message. It wasn't about a a, a God named Zeus who was very self-centered and self-serving. Or Jupiter if it was for the Romans. Or Mars or these other different deities. It wasn't the self-serving gods that they worshipped. It was the God who truly was selfless and had every right to be selfish. This God laid it all down, laid down his very life. He was different from all the other gods the Greeks worshipped and that the Romans served. You read those mythologies, it's pretty depressing if that was your deities. Thinking of Zeus or or, uh, Hades or these different gods that they served. So selfish, so focused on them god is completely different from these gods and that's who uh, paul was preaching it's jesus christ look back in first corinthians chapter one where we just were in verse 22 first corinthians 1 22. he says for the jews require a what a sign we saw that with the with the jews they said jesus show us a sign and he said you've already had the signs and he was there, he said I mean, what greater sign could they have needed than God Himself in the flesh in their presence? The Jews wanted a miracle. They wanted a sign. They wanted proof to back it up. It says in that same verse, and the Greeks seek after what? Wisdom. So the Jews they want miracles. They want a sign from God. The Greeks want the philosophy. You had the Epicureans, the Stoics that are seeking knowledge. And he said, That's what they want. But what was Paul doing? But we preach who? Verse 23. Christ crucified. He said, I'm not preaching signs. Paul, God used Paul to do miracles. He said, I'm not here doing miracles. He said, I'm not here in worldly wisdom. I'm preaching Jesus crucified. The Jews wanted a sign. And what was Jesus to many of the Jews, according to verse 23? stumbling block. How could somebody come out of Nazareth? How could this person that was an illegitimate prophet, so-called prophet, pay for our sins? How could he do that? And he was a stumbling block to the Jews that were trusting in their tradition and their religion. And what was he to the Greeks? And unto the Greeks, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the what? The power of God and the wisdom of god the jews wanted a sign and paul said i'm preaching jesus christ the greeks wanted wisdom and paul said i'm preaching jesus christ that's but he is a sign and wisdom isn't he and those jews that accepted him he was the power of God. It was the, like those miracles that we read about in the Gospels. To the Greeks, he was wisdom. It was that unsearchable riches of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That was the message that Paul preached. He preached not with worldly wisdom and excellency of speech. And his message was Jesus Christ. How about, how am I doing? Am I preaching Christ? Am I preaching Him? Because that's what this world needs. It doesn't need my philosophy. There's enough religions in this world to satisfy anybody looking for something. But we're preaching a relationship that can satisfy the need that everyone has, which is a a relationship with their Creator. I'm not preaching religion. I'm not preaching tradition. I'm to be preaching Jesus Christ. And it's the same for us. We preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There's no greater message then preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's method in verse 1, Paul's message in verse 2. Then look at Paul's humility, verse 3 in chapter 2. If you'll turn back there, chapter 2, first Corinthians. It says, and I was with you how? This is not how we picture Paul, mind you. I was with you how? In weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. In your mind's eye, do you picture Paul is in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling... No, we think of him as talking to Festus or Felix or we don't have it recorded but we know that he went before Caesar and we think of him boldly preaching and, and, and preaching to these people being stoned and thrown out of the city God raising him up and him going right back in there and preaching but how did Paul describe his message among the Corinthians? It was in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling Why is that? Was Paul never bold? No, we know Paul was bold. We read his boldness. We read of his boldness in Acts chapter 17 before he went to Corinth. Was Paul ever in strength? Yes, he was in strength. He was also in weakness. He said he knew how to be exalted and how to be abased. But Paul knew that it wasn't about him. We saw that with his method, but we see Paul's humility. He preached in weakness. He preached in fear and in trembling because he knew who he was. Imagine that. We read Paul, how he said, I'm the least of the apostles. What did he do before he served Christ? He persecuted Christians. He was defaming the name of Christ. He thought that he was was keeping them from blaspheming God, and yet he himself was blaspheming God. Can you imagine the guilt that Paul carried that he would continually have to give to the Lord? God, I know that you've forgiven me of this, but help me. Can you imagine the guilt that would come up You ever felt guilt of something that you've asked for forgiveness for and it'll come back up and you have to give it back to the Lord? Imagine what Paul went through. The people that he thought that I persecuted, that died preaching the gospel, that were ministering for Jesus Christ, for his sake, and I threw them in prison. I separated families. I bled some of them to die. Think of that guilt that he carried and that weight. He said, I preached in weakness and in fear and in trembling. Why? Why? Because he knew that we're just but dust. That we need God if we're going to faithfully minister for him. Because we can't do it in our own strength. I can't save anybody. Can you? My words can save no one. But I can preach the power of the gospel that can save anyone. It's not my message. But I'm just the messenger preaching jesus christ we see paul's humility if you look back again in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 but god hath chosen the what things of this world foolish things of the world to confound the wise and god hath chosen the what the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and what base things of the world and things which are despised hath god chosen yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are why we see the key of this reason in verse 29 that no flesh should glory in his presence our god is a jealous god we see him say that in the old testament god alone deserves the glory paul wasn't coming in there with this excellent speech and wisdom preaching a philosophy preaching something new to gain money he was preaching jesus christ because he knew that it was all about god in the end it wasn't about paul it wasn't about Apollos. It wasn't about Timothy or Titus or these men that traveled with him. It was all about Jesus Christ. And our message as a church of Jesus Christ, it ought to be all about him. And we're just sinners that have been saved by the grace of God. The Bible says that we were dead in trespasses and sin. And God, who is rich in mercy for his great love and wherein he loved us, he sent Jesus to die for us. And that it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any one of us could boast. It's all about God, and we're just sinners that were saved by grace, and we're sharing a message to other sinners that they can be saved by that same grace. The same message that Paul preached is the same message that we preached 2,000 years later. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was his, that was his attitude. That was his humility. I, was, I thought about, um, I, I about D.L. Moody and Charles Spurgeon. You all have heard the story of their conversion. Did the men that led that, that D.L. Led Moody to Christ, was he a great orator? No, he was a Sunday school teacher, right? And he had a burden for the boys in his Sunday school. And God used him to lead D.L. Moody. And how many people did D.L. Moody reach with the gospel? I don't know the count. Charles Spurgeon, how was he reached? By a fill-in preacher on a snowy day. The preacher couldn't make it, so somebody stood up. And and if you read Charles Spurgeon's own words, he talked about it was was a rudimentary message. But he was pointing to Jesus Christ, and Charles Spurgeon got saved. It wasn't in worldly philosophy or in excellency of speech. It was just proclaiming Jesus Christ. And God used those two men to change England and to change America. Not for their glory, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. But it wasn't with big-name people that reached them. It was with a lowly Sunday school teacher or a man at that church that filled in because the pastor couldn't come because of the snow. And God used their simple messages to change their lives and they, changed, they reached countless people. It's not about the excellency of speech. You may say, well, I'm not a great order. I'm not a people person. I'm not this, I'm not that. We don't have to be because we have the message that saves. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us giving the message and God's the one that does the work. It takes the pressure off of us, doesn't it? Because how many times have you felt, well, I did a terrible job at sharing the truth today. I've shared the gospel and thought, well, that was, that, that was a doozy. <laughs> have you ever thought that before? Or you, you preached and you thought, well, I, 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 I was even bored in my own message. <laughs> but it, is it about us in the end? No, it's not about us because I'm not the one that saves. I'm not the one that convicts. I, I I was sharing this morning. It was during our first term. Um, we worked in the Christian school and the ministry that we work with, and I remember preaching in chapel, in high school chapel. It's 7:30 in the morning is one of the most difficult places you will ever preach. I was in charge of the chapel services, so we had a rotation, and it was my time preaching. What 15, 16, 17-year-old at 7.30 in the morning, first hour, is going to listen well in chapel, right? I was the same way. We had chapel, I think, the second hour when I went to Denby Baptist Christian School. And I remember that we were half asleep. We were zoning out, right? I remember I was preaching, and it was preaching a gospel message. And I remember finishing that. And, you know, you look out, and you see people like this. see people like this. Then we had big windows on the church, and they're like This. Looking outside, you know, passing notes. And I'm thinking, did is anybody listening? You know, even the other teachers that are in there, you see, them they're kind of like you know, you see the the head dip, or you know, where you lean do you lean forward like this? And you try to focus in. That's what they were doing. And I I remember preaching and I finished and I thought, Well, Lord, I don't know about that one. And I remember going back and I put the microphone up. I was getting my, my book bag to go teach my Bible class, and just thinking, well, that. That didn't go over very well. Have you ever taught, how many of you have taught Sunday school or preached and you felt that way? And I remember that, that did not work. And you know, I was discouraged and I went into the cafeteria and the, the students, they were getting their stuff to go to class. And I, I was I a was Bible teacher, so I, every week, they had a verse quiz. My, my students hated me for it. I said, this is Bible class. We're memorizing a verse a week. And I didn't give them difficult ones. I even let them do it in Spanish. It was a bilingual school I taught in English, but I let them memorize the verses in Spanish. And so there was a, a group of kids that came up to me, and they said, teacher... I, and I said, I didn't even let them finish. I said, you know, this is the verse quiz for the day. You should have studied last night. That's what I said. Every single day there was a verse quiz. Because they come in, teacher, what was our verse? As I'm passing out the papers. And so I was like, here we go again. These kids, they didn't study. They, didn't, they aren't prepared. We have a verse quiz in two minutes. And they're asking me about the verse right now to memorize. And, and they said, teacher. And I, and I told them the verse. They said, no, you taught us to talk to you. And I was like, what? I told you to talk to you. They said, at the end of the message, you said, tell us if we want to know how to get saved and come talk to you. And I forgot that I even said that because I was so discouraged at the end of the message. And you know what that reminds me? It's not about us. God can use even our our simple, our meager voices, our meager words, our meager uh, testimony, to accomplish great things in the lives of people. And God taught me a lesson that day. You may have felt like it was a waste, but I was working on those three girls that got saved that day. Because it's not about us. It's all about God. And I remember thinking, well, that was a waste, and God was challenging them, and the Holy Spirit was convicting them of sin, of, their, of righteousness, and of judgment, as the Bible says that the Holy Spirit would do. And God saved them that day, despite of me feeling like a failure. And that's because it's not me, it's God. And it's not you, it's God. It's not Pastor John or Pastor Nathaniel, it's God. It's not Pastor Asher and this team in the Dominican, it's God working through them. That's what God has called us to do. So we see Paul's method, Paul's message, Paul's humility, and this goes in line with it, we'll close with uh, verses four and five in 1 Corinthians 2. Paul's presentation. In my speech, in my preaching, he kind of gives a summary of what he already said, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the what what do you see there spirit and then i don't know if it is in your bible in mine it's capital s who's that speaking of holy spirit he said in demonstration of the spirit and of what power paul presented the message not leaning on worldly wisdom but leaning on the holy spirit to do the work and the power of the message of the gospel you all know the verse what does romans 116 say for i'm not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the what power Power of god unto salvation to the jew first and also to the greek this gospel message is the powerful message it's not the preacher it's not the sunday school teacher it's not the the christian that's sharing the gospel with the co-worker the gospel is the power of god and we've been tasked as believers with this message to share with the lost and dying world paul's presentation was not in wisdom was not an excellency of speech. It was a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And then what does the very last verse say in this section? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of who? Men, but in the power of God. Amen. We've all seen, we've all read of, of stories of, of men that did great movements, and when the man died out, it was a different, it was a false teaching or this or that. What happened? It may have died out. It may have fizzled out. Paul said, I'm not here preaching uh, in the wisdom of men because then you would base what you heard on me and on a man. He said, I'm preaching in the power of God because I don't want your faith to stand on me. He said, I'm careful because I don't want to be a castaway. I guard myself. I protect myself. I, 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 I put barriers around myself so that I'm not a castaway. He said, I want your faith to stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of who? power of God when we preach in the Dominican I don't want their faith to stand on the missionary I don't want them to say well this is the missionary's faith I want them to say what a great God we serve and what he did for me and my faith is in him I don't want them thinking oh well the missionary has gone we can't do this they need to know that the God that, that does what God is doing in churches here in the United States he's doing the same thing in the Dominican Republic or in Haiti or in Micronesia or in Cambodia or in these other places all around the world it's not our message It's God's message. And we want them not to stand in the power of men or the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So I have a question. Am I preaching Jesus Christ to those around me? It's my message. Are you preaching Jesus Christ to those around you? It's your message. And it's not not in our wisdom, and it's not in our philosophy, and it's not in a flowery presentation. We've just been called to preach the gospel of jesus christ preach jesus christ and him crucified god's the one that made salvation possible god's the one that convicts the heart god's the one that regenerates this person the moment they put their faith and trust in christ we're just called to preach the message but how are we doing well ask ourselves that how is my gospel message how is my my testimony how is my preaching the gospel to those around me are we busy are we actively preaching the gospel or are we leaving that for somebody else? I've been called to do it as a Christian. And if you have trust, trusted Christ as your Savior, you have as well to preach the gospel. May we do our part sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Father, thank you for the, the, the message of your word. God, thank you that it doesn't depend on us to save anybody. But you've called us to share a gospel to a lost and dying world. Please, Father, may you work. May you bring people to mind in our, in our hearts even now that we can share the gospel with this week. Father, may we not trust in our, our own abilities, and our own wisdom, and our own excellency of speech, but may we preach Jesus and him crucified. May we preach in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, knowing that their faith will not stand on our wisdom, but in the power of God. Thank you for saving us. Help us to preach that message. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.